committed. Welcome to Healthy Choices with your host, Ray Solano from Austin, Texas. We're ready for your calls right now. Call in toll-free at 877-956-9566. Now, here's your host, Ray Solano. Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of Healthy Choices, XM Broadcasting Live from Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Ray Solano, clinical pharmacist and board-certified clinical nutritionist. We're ready to answer your questions about your health today and how to make responsible choices to change your life. And as always, we always have interesting guests. We have interesting topics. But I have to say that today's show is probably going to be one of our best because we're going to have not only Dr. Gazagoli and Cheryl Burdett of Progressive Medical Centers talking about Lyme disease but we also are going to have Dr. Richie Shoemaker, one of the leading researchers in Lyme disease and these inflammatory conditions on the second half of our show. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM, and we're going to uh, really make it a very interesting show for you today. As a pre-record, you can always call us at 877-956-9566 and always text us, even during this pre-recorded broadcast at 512-219-0724. I'll be able to answer your questions during this interview. It's a little bit complicated, uh, but we want people to understand that this is very informative. So we're going to break it down piece by piece. But before we get to, and again, Dr. Gazagoli and Dr. Cheryl Burdett of Progressive Medical Centers are going to be talking about Lyme's disease. Uh, And our show is it brought to you by PD Labs, a nationally recognized licensed pharmacy that's centered on research-driven pharmaceuticals. Our website is www.pdlabs.net, and also check out www.austincompounding.com. As always, our past broadcasts can be, seen, can be listened to on healthychoicesxm.com. So our show is going to be on Lyme's disease. It's a growing epidemic. It's a parasitic infection. It causes sometimes many patients, they never recover from that. And this is all part of this chronic inflammatory response syndrome. This is CIRS. And this is people just seem to never get better. And this is why you're going to enjoy this show. But we're also, as always, we always give solutions to chronic problems, and that's what Dr. Shoemaker is going to do at the second half of our show. But before we get into our recording, there's an, a headline that just came through that's similar to what we've been talking about for the last 10 years. Obesity inactivity could outpace smoking and cancer death risk. This is what we said. Obesity and activity account for more cancer deaths than smoking if current trends continue. This is out of the New England Journal of Medicine, found that 13 types of cancer were linked to excessive body weight. That's a 50% of all the cancer deaths can be prevented by following the basics of healthy lifestyle, says this article. This is this is not something new for our listeners, for other people to realize that they that chronic inflammation, obesity is chronic inflammation, is can increase your cancer rate by over 50%, and many 
over 13 types of cancer are linked to excessive body weight. So that should get people's attention and listen to our, our shows on our weight management series under HealthyChoicesXM.com. Dr. Lane Seabree went into this in a lot of detail. So, again, we'll go right back to our pre-record for, from talking about Lyme disease. He always texts us during this time at 512-219-0724. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM. Sean, let's go ahead with our interview with Dr. Gazagoli and, and Dr. Schoberdet. And we're going to be talking about Lyme disease. We're going to be talking about co-infections. And what's interesting is that the World Health Organization uh, reported on climate change and vector-borne diseases. And we're going to talk about that because the World Health Organization um, and the United States, NIH and AMA, uh, CDC, are talking about Lyme disease being the number one spreading vector-borne epidemic in the United States and, interestingly enough, in Europe. Uh, it mimics other chronic diseases, accounting for an increased burden of those suffering with chronic illnesses. Uh, according to CDC figures in 2013, there's a tenfold increase um, in cases. So this is pretty significant. And in 2015, at that time, they've seen over 320% increases in cases. Uh, geographic distribution expansion of human Lyme disease in the United States. Uh, this is reported by Kirsten J. Krugler, and this is reported in August 2015. So this is relatively new research, Dr. Burdett, mm-hmm. confirming the concerns we have. So we're going to educate you. What is Lyme disease? We're going to be talking about tick-borne and co-infections, uh, also rapidly uh, rising. Uh, modes of transmission of these diseases are increasing. Uh, transfusion of blood, maternal fetal transfusion, uh, sexual, uh, being bitten by ticks, obviously, is, is the main source, of course, as well. And we want to talk about um, what is chronic Lyme disease and some of the uh, confusion when you go to your uh, traditional family practitioner or internal medical doctor. Uh, and how do you diagnose Lyme disease? And what's interesting is that there's some confusion there. And we're going to talk a little bit about both of those. But um, the, main co- the main topic we want to talk about is treatment, treatment, treatment. So if you are either diagnosed with Lyme disease or you have some really bizarre symptoms, uh, Dr. Horowitz wrote a book on, on um, some of these symptoms, and he coined the diagnosis called MSID, which is Multiple Systemic uh, Disease Infection Syndrome, which really talks about all these different uh, chronic symptoms leaning towards um, it's actually a diagnosis that can be made, believe it or not, without testing, although Dr. Bitta and I are big on testing. But if you miss that window, uh, it may not show up in the traditional Western blot, and that's something that uh, I, I believe you as the audience should know about. So, Dr. Bitta, let's get right into this. Mm-hmm. Um, very concerning to hear that Lyme disease um, is spreading rapidly in the United States. And I know that there are certain physicians that basically say uh, it's only geographic. It's only going to be in certain regions of the country. And, you know, I think they fail to realize that we travel everywhere. Okay. I mean, come on. Pets travel, (laughs) food travels. It's not, it's a much more mobile world than it used to be. So this idea that things stay contained, plus uh, another issue going into this season is that throughout much of the country, there wasn't uh, a hard freeze. And so they're projecting that ticks and tick-borne illness will be, be on an upswing this year as well. But the idea that it's just in Connecticut, 
Connecticut, that it's just out of uh, Lyme, Connecticut, a place that uh, where it's, uh, it talks about where the, the, its origin is, is just not accurate. Uh, transmission happens, yes, through ticks, but those same ticks that bite deer, fleas can bite the deer, and then those go on to bite other animals. And so it can quickly get spread from one vector to another. And the reality is we all need to be knowledgeable because nobody's safe just because of where you live anymore. Absolutely not. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we feel this is a very, very important topic. And, you know, one of the, the main reasons why Dr. Burdett and I want to talk about this is that not only because it's spreading rapidly, it's because at Progressive and, and other integrative functional doctors across the country, we've seen some really, really good results. So let me make this disclaimer. If you are diagnosed with Lyme disease, we're not going to sit there and say, hey, come here for three weeks and you're going to be cured. Absolutely not. Everybody's treated individualized, and I will say that that be prepared to to fight this for a long haul. Whether you decide to do traditional medicine, I do believe there's a place and time to use some of these antibiotics. The problem is those are the only tools in certain physicians' bag, and they're really a, they're not really focusing on the immune system as well. And we also want to talk about other areas that have been affected, such as co-infections, and we're going to talk about something called biofilms. But we're really excited about some of the innovative treatments that we've had here uh, at Progressive Medical that made an impact, an impact on treating Lyme disease. Okay, Dr. Bitt, let, let's get right into um, the diagnostics and, and one of the areas um, that you have seen um, throughout your career change. So let's talk about mm-hmm. how does a traditional doctor diagnose Lyme disease and how does a, a functional integrative doctor look at it differently? Well, this gets right to the heart of the matter with Lyme disease. And this is why, you know, for example, I, I, I can recall seeing a cartoon out there and the doc comes back to the patient and reports. The doc says, well, uh, the bad news is that you have chronic Lyme disease. And then the, the doc continues to say to the patient is, but the good news is I don't believe in that condition. And so this gets right to the heart of matter, diagnostics. And this is why there's so much confusion around how much and Lyme there is and how to diagnose it is because we just aren't following, we just aren't using the best diagnostics out there. In fact, what's used to diagnose Lyme, we can go to the CDC's website, uh, Center of Disease Control, and it says this test was never intended to be used for diagnosis. And so the test that gets used is a test that was set up for a known area with a known type uh, of Lyme. And and the issue is there's not just Lyme, there's also co-infections and other uh, bugs that live in a tick. And so this diagnostic criteria was set up to identify something that was already known. Well, think about that. If it's not set up to identify the unknown, then it certainly misses a large part of its ability to diagnose what's going on. And so because uh, the, the common things that are used to diagnose can have as much as a 96% failure, a, a 96% failure, false negative, meaning they come back negative when really they are positive, this is why there's so much confusion. Docs left saying, well, the test says you don't have it, but yet the patient um, had uh, immediate symptoms of when it occurred. I mean, I can even think of a patient who um, was very knowledgeable about Lyme because her best friend had battled it for years, and she worked, she knew it from the, the conventional perspective, the integrative perspective, very knowledgeable. And uh, she had the experience of a tick bite, 
and she had a fever that spiked to 103, and she got all the classic symptoms of Lyme, the, the neck pain. And this is another issue. You don't have to get any of the bullseye rash or the fever or the classic symptoms to go on to have a chronic infection. But she was lucky enough that she did have that, the fever in, in a way, that because she was able to identify what was going on. The fever that spiked, the joint pain, the bullseye rash. She ended up at the hospital uh, pre- presenting with uh, a Lyme meningitis, uh, very life-threatening. And she said, you know, it's Lyme. The World Health Organization uh, is reporting on climate change and vector-borne diseases. Uh, these vector-borne diseases are ticks, which is a bacterium, Lyme disease, and associated co-infections uh, such as Borrelia, Ehrlichia, Anaplasma, Bartonella, Rickettsia infections, um, just to name a few of them. And that we're also seeing uh, on the rise other co-infections as well. And how doctors treat them uh, is typically they're looking at uh, certain antibiotics. And typically, if you catch the infection uh, at the early stages, we think that antibiotics, uh, the course of treatment is usually doxycycline, which is very appropriate. However, most patients um, are not diagnosed initially. uh, And even though you don't have the typical bullseye rash somewhere, uh, that doesn't mean you don't have it because the the co-infections could uh, manifest uh, differently. Uh, Borrelia infections and 15 new species are on the rise in the United States and Europe. So once again, uh, if you don't look for it, you're not going to be able to diagnose it properly. And Dr. Horowitz um, wrote a book called Why Can't I Get Better? And he talks about uh, an anomaly of different uh, symptoms. And we're going to uh, encourage you to um, read that book or at least read excerpts of it. And we're also going to ed- educate you on this segment, um, Lyme disease, the great imitator. And we know that Dr. Horowitz has spent a lot of time researching, and he's come together with um, a clinical diagnosis called MSIDS. And that's looking at all these different symptoms and getting the scores. And then even though we believe that the testing is necessary, starting on a treatment protocol uh, to address these co-infections is very, very appropriate as, as well. So, Dr. But let's get right back into um, the modes of, of transmission um, we know that there's a lot of physicians that believe that this doesn't even exist in certain areas, which, um, you know, unfortunately that's not true. You know, according to the CDC, they, they said the average is about 300,000 a year in Lyme disease. And now they've, they've corrected that statement and they're saying 300,000 and that's still a conservative number. Wow, yeah. And, and, you know, Dr. Horowitz is, is probably going to say that's 10 times high, should be 10 times higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, this is a problem for, for individuals that are suffering. And, and just to give you just a few signs and symptoms, uh, Lyme disease is um, it can manifest in different ways. But some of the main areas, of course, is initially flu-like symptoms developed along with a rash that can last up to eight weeks, uh, fevers, chronic headaches, uh, extreme fatigue, muscle pains and aches, joint inflammation, uh, temporary facial paralysis, uh, meningitis-type symptoms, uh, chronic intermittent arthritis can develop, redness and swelling, especially in the knees and other large joints. This is interesting because a lot of physicians such as rheumatoid arth- or rheumatologists are just thinking that this is rheumatoid arthritis. But no, it's, it's actually the root root cause of this infection. The 
symptom is rheumatoid arthritis. So what they're basically doing, a lot of these physicians, they're uh, using um, steroids and shutting down the immune system, which actually make it even worse for the infection. Uh, we also know that um, there's complications affecting the heart or, or nervous system incur, that can occur in some cases. Uh, symptoms vary in severity and occur in cycles. It's very cyclical, and this is what's really difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. And we're still doing some research on that. We have different theories, of course, because it, it, a lot has to involve the immune system. Uh, we also know that a lot of these infections will hide in the body, mm-hmm. um, and there's a latency period that the immune system can really keep it at bay. Uh, I met a PhD from Germany that worked in a black forest, and pretty much that that all of the uh, farmers that lived there had very, very, very high titers um, of both IgM, which is an immediate acute, and IgG, which is a memory, which is delayed, and they all had high titers, Dr. Bidet, yet none of them had symptoms. And it was interesting because their immune system adapted, mm-hmm. adapted, mm-hmm. and it's called adaptive immunity. Right now, this is relatively new in our population, and we're seeing it wreak havoc. Exactly. And this is one of the concerns. We have to jump on this now. And we and we do a lot of things that, that prevent us from working towards that adaptive immunity. So the more toxic our environment is, the, the lower our nutrition is, um, the more that we are using um, different interventions that skew immune function, even immunizations potentially, all of those things uh, can make it very hard for our immune system to adapt. And so while, uh, while, while it's never fun to battle a Lyme infection, it means you're going to work hard, you're going to dig deep, it's going to be, once it's chronic, do, doing effective therapies, often six months, nine months, a year, sometimes for some people more, but there is hope. And one of, that's one of the nice things about working at Progressive Medical is that we're able to put together different cutting edge treatments and this is something that our that, that standard of care Lyme treatment really needs because by the time it's chronic many times your antibiotics just won't work like they like they should anymore and so one of the things Dr. Goley mentioned is how Lyme can exist in many different phases or states that's one of the difficulty with Lyme is that not only is it in your blood but more importantly it likes to hide in the tissue and it walls itself off into this this uh, this sphere form the, this and that makes it difficult for the immune system to even know it's there it walls itself off and, and that's called the persister form of the organism, and that and it will build this biofilm around it. When I first heard the word biofilm, I didn't even think that that was real. I just thought that was maybe something uh, made up. It sounded very science fiction to me, but it turns out biofilm is very real, and it's something that these persister forms or this bacteria or spirochetes will do. Um, both the, both things in the Lyme family, spirochetes as well as bacteria, both make a biofilm. It's a protect coating on the outside. In fact, um, you're all familiar with biofilm. For example, the plaque on your teeth is a biofilm made by bacteria to protect itself. And so the issue is with that biofilm that now when you use an antibiotic, doxycycline, or when you use a combination of different antibiotics, they can't get into the bug. They, they, that biofilm protects that morphological cell type of the, of the Borrelia, allowing it to persist more. 
You're listening to Healthy Choices XM broadcasting from Austin, Texas. You we just went through an interview with Dr. Gazagoli and Cheryl Burdett of Progressive Medical Centers talking about Lyme's disease and these vector-borne diseases that are very growing at such an epidemic rate that even the World Health Organization is understanding that it is something that is uh, of such importance that's affecting everybody worldwide, not just in rural areas. Something to be very concerned with and also talking about treatments for this and recognizing and how to diagnose this before it becomes something of a chronic inflammatory condition. And again, these Lyme's disease and these vector-borne illnesses cause these the body's immune system to go into this inflammatory response that causes many different uh, conditions, sometimes rheumatoid arthritis, sometimes we, we see joint dysfunction, sometimes we see people with chronic fatigue syndrome. So it can be mysterious and be sometimes very difficult to diagnose, not only difficult to diagnose, but not a mainstream medicine that is able to very easily treat it. The standard of care that is out there today for just antibiotics is, is sometimes is not helpful at all. And also there's a lot of controversy about how to treatment or even to recognize it. So this is why it's important for us to to go through this uh, on today's show to be able to break it down. And we're going to be coming back after the break, and doctor, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the treatments of Lyme disease and also a very special interview with Dr. Richie Shoemaker, who's one of the leading researchers nationwide in how to take all of these lumping, all these chronic inflammatory conditions, including Lyme, disease and how to reverse this, and he has discovered this uh, vasoactive intestinal peptide, this nasal spray, VIP nasal spray, that allows the body's genes to regenerate the tissues that have been damaged. That's right, regenerate those tissues. That's why it's important to listen to the last part of the show, because we're going to have a, a full hour of this on July the 1st. We have a few minutes for your calls. You always call us at 877-956-9566. You can also text us any questions you may have at 512-219-0724. And we're also going to have our show podcast. And also for anybody who want to listen to the show again on our website, healthychoicesxm.com, and also Check out our new shopping cart on our show for many of the new products that we are talking about on our show today and also in our past shows. That's what, our, that's what we want people to have choices, take responsibility for their health, and realize there's many different philosophies out there to be able to handle obesity, cancer, Lyme's disease, mold, illnesses. These are all seem to be under the same umbrella that the body's immune system sometimes goes into a cascade effect that can be very damaging to all of our tissues. And we're going to, and our phone number here is 877-956-9566. And as always, you can text us even during this, uh, our, our show that we can be able to get back to you at 
512-219-0724. And also, we started at the beginning of our show talking about how obesity and inactivity can someday account for more cancer deaths than smoking if the current trends continue. This is out of the New England Journal of Medicine. Last fall found 13 types of cancers that were linked to excessive body weight. So this is, again, inflammatory conditions uh, can be a very big source for cancer. And this is the reason why these toxins that we find that come from these vector-borne illnesses, sometimes brain is unable to, or the body is unable to stop them. So we'll go into more of this detail after our break. And you want to be listening. This is Healthy Choices XM. We're broadcasting from Austin, Texas. And check out our website, healthychoicesxm.com. And we'll be back after the break for more of this.
Let's talk about your healthy choices. We have room for you right now, toll free at 877-956-9566. Well, welcome back to Healthy Choices XM, and I'm your host, Ray Saletto. We were talking to about Lyme's disease, and Dr. Gazagoli and Dr. Cheryl Burdett before the break, and a very good breakdown of what Lyme is, the the incidence of it nationwide, and bringing back some of the mysteries of this disease, and also lumping that this together as also that is part of this syndrome that the body's immune system is have this domino cascade effect that is going out of control. This is why we want to get in, to be able to recognize it early on, and also how it's linked to many people that have mold disease, mold uh, illnesses, chronic fatigue, and they're all coming together. So we're going to very quickly go back to our interview with the professionals from Aggressive Medical, and then we're going to come back and switch very quickly into Dr. Richie Shoemaker's breakthrough in a VIP nasal spray on how this can be able to answer so many people's prayers and be able to get their lives back. Sean, let's go ahead and jump back into this interview with Dr. Gazagoli and Dr. Cheryl Burdett. Talking about chronic Lyme disease, a lot of confusion out there, and we encourage all of you that have bizarre symptoms and you're just not getting a definitive answer. Uh, it could be a, a chronic infection. Uh, it could be a co-infection. It could be an array of different uh, infections. And I just want to mention that uh, integrative doctors not only look for the infections, but they also check your immune system. And there's a marker called the CD57. And that's not a definitive diagnosis, but that CD57, which is CD stands for cluster of differentiation. It, it's a signal markering of the immune system. And the number 57 just basically means that it was the 57th CD that was discovered. So there's, there's a, a boatload of different CDs that immunologists and other physicians look at. But the reason why I mention that, that's a nice gauge to find out what's going on with your immune system. And uh, integrative doctors, especially at Progressive Medical, we are taught to also help the immune system. And Dr. Burdett really touched on something in the previous segment. We're talking about this biofilm. And, and just to describe a biofilm just very, very simply, uh, it actually protects the infection. So when antibiotics try to penetrate and destroy that infection and allow the immune system to kill that, to clean up the cellular debris, this is what the immune system does. The antibiotic just gives it, you know, it, it actually just destroys the bacterium. And the immune system is responsible from a process called phagocytosis, which is part of the immune system with the macrophages to encapsulate, to engulf that so it doesn't wreak other havoc in the body. This is how the body uh, defense mechanism plays in. This is what your immune system does. It protects you from foreign invaders. It also cleans up the cellular debris. This biofilm actually protects that infection. Uh, and it, it just mutates, and it just causes havoc. And this is what we're talking about. This is why the Lyme disease has not been successful with long-term antibiotic treatment. Short-term, at the beginning, possibly we've seen good results with that as well. It doesn't mean you're out of the woods yet, and that's why we think that if you have any exposure uh, with co-infections or Lyme in the past and you think it's over, uh, you need to keep on working in your immune system. And if you have all these different symptoms, and that's why Dr. Horowitz is saying, hey, this is now a clinical diagnosis where a well-trained physician can go and determine and ascertain based on your symptoms because, you know, Lyme disease now and co-infections uh, is becoming the great imitator. What does that mean? Neurological symptoms associated with inflammation in the central nervous system uh, has been correlated with uh, neuroborreliosis 
Borrelia, Borrelia which affects the amyloid metabolism, uh, and this has been well published, and authors are, are looking at this as well. And Dr. Horowitz is actually looking at the three eyes, which is infection, immunity, and inflammation. And myself and Dr. Bidder have been talking about that mm -hmm. for many, many years. And we agree with Dr. Horowitz. So it is the great imitator in many areas. It can imitate from chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. Is that a co-infection? Uh, autoimmune diseases with inflammation. Is that a co-infection? Uh, neurologically, headaches, migraines, neuropathies, trigeminal neuralgia, radiculopathy, uh, cranial nerve paralysis, carpal tunnel. Are these potential co-infection? Uh, IBS, IBD, interstitial cystitis, is that a great imitator? Cardiac problems, chest pain, pericarditis, palpitations. You know, so the, the list goes on and on and on. And I guess the point that Dr. Horowitz is making is that we really believe, we really believe, integrative doctors really believe that chronic infections, which can contribute, contribute to a low immune system, the immune system going haywire, causing it to be autoimmune, thus causing chronic inflammation, can be the root root cause. A lot of physicians, even natural, functional, integrative doctors, are just placating symptoms with using natural supplements, which we like that, of course, because that could be the lesser of two evils than just using medication. But are we getting to the root root cause and the argument and the hypothesis by Dr. Horowitz and other integrative doctors is that these are infections. Uh, the last thing I want to mention is um, psychiatrics. We're seeing an increase in depression, psychosis, OCD, anxiety, and increase in pain. So this is why it's so important to do a very comprehensive approach, Dr. Burdett, with these infections. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted the, the listeners to really understand the reason why this is so difficult to treat are the biofilms. Absolutely. So I'm glad to hear the research with the stevia. Uh, in the past, we were using um, natural blood thinners. We we're using systemic enzymes, protease. Now that we have this new research, I think that it's 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 a great uh, adjunct to the therapies we're doing. Uh, let's just jump right into uh, therapies. Let's yes. just jump right into therapies yes. uh, because I know you've done a lot of research and you've been part of the IV team here at Progressive Medical. Uh, why are we doing intravenous therapies on these patients? Because they work. Uh, we, because they work and they're less invasive. So many times when people come to us, they've been battling a chronic Lyme infection for a long period of time. Uh, they may have tried antibiotics. They might have tried higher dose antibiotics, even cocktails of antibiotics, and still not where they need to be. Even in somebody who's antibiotic naive, meaning they haven't tried that therapy, it's still not where we like to start because we see the IV therapies work more effectively and with less side effects. Now, if we need to eventually, if we have a patient who's uh, resistant to that alone or getting some improvement, not getting completely there, of course, we'll combine therapies. But you want to first do no harm. And the problem with, with antibiotics is to, in order to be effective in, a, in Lyme, they have to be high dose. And at the time you, by the time you get to that dose, you risk damaging the cell, the part of the cell called the mitochondria that makes all your energy. Well, one of the big problems with Lyme is it just zaps you of your energy. You're fatigued all the time. Uh, and, and, of course, mitochondria does many things, cell repair, uh, whether or not we're talking about neurons that need to repair that have been attacked by Lyme or the brain that needs to repair. If we decrease the activity of the mitochondria, we decrease the ability of the body to repair. 
And so uh, if we can avoid, and, and another big piece is that Lyme itself will attack the mitochondria of the cell. So now you have a treatment that's doing something similar to the infection, and it can be a battle back and forth as to which one's actually even worse for the body. So we like to reserve that therapy uh, for those that are non-responders to, the, to the, what I would find to be more effective oxidative therapies, as well as something called UVRLX, and combining that with IV nutrition that supports the mitochondria, uh, glutathione, alpha-lipoic acid. The reason that this one-two is so important is because, one, you want to kill the bug, but two, you need to protect and build back the parts of the body that the bug has destroyed. Lyme is often considered a neurologic condition. It likes to go after nerves. And so we might think nerve pain, and you'd be right to think that. Uh, You might think numbness and tingling or maybe not being able to walk as well because the nerves aren't working as well, and you'd be right to think that too. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM as we're talking and breaking down the treatments for Lyme. Cheryl Burdett was talking about how it attacks the mitochondria. And these mitochondria are the energy cells for all of our uh, biochemistry and all of our cells and brain. Mitochondria is in the muscles. It's in uh, mitochondria is in the heart. Is but it's it's an important factor in in nerve cells that have when that breaks down, we have many of these chronic symptoms that they talked about. The Lyme disease attacks the nerves. But it also other factors attack nerves, and that's going to be mold toxins also. So again, we have these commonality ailments that, and these illnesses that have one area that's being damaged. And again, it's the DNA that's being damaged. And this is why we're going to we're going to have Dr. Richie Shoemaker go through. Again, I forgive you. It's it's going to be a little bit in detail. So forgive us for a little bit of. Uh, clinical information, but uh, take down some notes, and we're going to do a full show of this on July the 1st. Sean, let's go into our our interview with Dr. Richie Shoemaker talking about these chronic uh, inflammatory conditions in mold. Dr. Shoemaker, welcome to Healthy Choices. Earlier in the show, we were discussing about Lyme's disease, mold, and the term CIRS, Chronic Inflammatory Response Syndrome, and how patients can never seem to recover from an illness. Can you give our listeners a brief overview of your groundbreaking work that you've uncovered? And it is a preview for our July 1st show that we're going to dedicate a full hour for this topic. Dr. Shoemaker. Well, thank you so much for sending such courteous invitations (laughs) to appear. I'm absolutely delighted. You know, I've been talking about CIRS in one way or another for 22 years now. Uh, my wife's getting a little tired of hearing about it, but I'm not. The issue well, is that we, you know, that, you know, a lot of patients, you know, they're very anxious uh, because they're suffering, aren't they? One of the biggest advances in the research on inflammation and uh, what is it and where does it affect and what does it do and what additional partners does it have in destroying lives has been establishment of objective biomarkers. When a lot of people say, I might have Lyme disease, but I don't know if I have uh, living Lyme organisms or not. And if I had Lyme and antibiotics killed the organism and it's all gone, is it inflammation that's still making me sick or is it something else? Or someone in a moldy building might say, well, uh, I don't have any evidence of mycotoxins, 
how 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 could I be sick? What biomarkers will show the uh, dispassionate and skeptical observer that what I'm saying is exactly true? And and to that end, Ray, uh, our group has been publishing papers. I think we've probably published about 30 papers in the last 15, 20 years, and well, the time's just going by quickly. But we finally have gotten to protocols that let us use the Step 12 of my 12-step protocol, which is use of a drug called vasoactive intestinal polypeptide, which works beautifully if you follow the first 11 steps first. If you skip steps like I used to, and boy, was I wrong to do that, VIP just doesn't help you very much. So the, the, the word is do the protocol, don't be creative and change things around, let the established peer-reviewed literature show you that it really has a basis in medicine and in science. We don't guess, we don't speculate, we don't give supplements uh, magical properties unless we can show they are magical, and there are a few that certainly are. But the issues that I face today using VIP, and we've published a paper in March of this year, it's available as a free download on the homepage of the Surviving Mold website. Ray, I hope you've read it, I think you have. Well, I have, and that's Surviving Mold. Survivingmold.com. In this paper, we looked at one of the bugaboos of, of modern modern life, and that is uh, what happens as we get a little older. What happens when we start maybe being uh, stuck with a problem with our memory, and someone says we might have Alzheimer's disease. What are the actual volumetric cohorts or comparisons that we can draw? between cognitive de decline and neuropsychiatric degeneration with some objective tests. And until we had neuroquant, we could not show atrophy simultaneously of multiple gray matter nuclei. These are the nuclei that sit kind of at the bottom of the brain, the base of the brain, that right. interact with the frontal lobes and gray matter in the back part of the brain. These are the... the, the switching posts, the, 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 the traffic signals that you need to have working normally. And one of the first warnings of Alzheimer's and senile dementia is gray matter nuclear atrophy. It used to be said that hippocampus didn't change its volume except that it got smaller. It used to be said that thalamus didn't change its size, it got smaller. It used to be said that amygdala, and whoever heard of the caudate, but those, if, if we ever knew what they were, they don't get back to normal size with any kind of treatment if they started to get smaller. Well, in our paper, we showed that in 39 patients who followed our protocol up to the point of using VIP, were able to stratify responses to VIP over six months by showing a dose-response relationship. The higher the dose, the longer the period of time, the greater resolution of gray matter nuclear atrophy we saw. This was stunning. I don't think well, that's, that that's really exciting. This is and like you said, you've taken all the guesswork out. You've done all the research prior, and you, like you said, you made your some uh, some different course corrections. And and now it appears that you are you really have the golden keys to the closet for many of these chronic uh, inflammatory conditions, haven't you? If you look at the incidence of neurocognitive symptoms in CRS patients 
and whether it's Lyme or mold or ciguatera, whether it's chronic fatigue syndrome, myalgic encephalitis or fibromyalgia, the symptoms are all exactly the same. Over 90% of people sickened for more than a year will have one of six executive cognitive functions. But you know, the interesting feature is the reason that VIP is giving correction in volume is that it is blocking induction of gene activation of compounds that block wow. restoration of nuclear volume. And the fact that we have a genomic, now this is not a SNP or a single nucleotide polymorphism. This, this is transcriptomics. This is differential gene activation. This is where the rubber meets the road. We look at 25,000 protein-coding genes, 25,000 non-protein-coding genes that regulate transcription of DNA, and we show correction of gene abnormalities that are unique to Lyme disease, unique to mold, unique to ciguatera, and that's all we've done so far. But we show what we can correct those abnormalities. And what that does, it gives us the ability to show gene activation with mycotoxin exposure or not. We can tell you if you're exposed or not. We can, we think, we, we haven't published this next paper, but we think we can tell you, do you have living Lyme organisms based on differential gene activation? The genes get turned on or turned off when you're ill and then get turned off or then, then turned on when you improve. But it lets us see for the first time the difference between living Lyme organism-induced pathology and inflammation-induced pathology. Why is this important? There are complications in Lyme with organisms that a lot of people haven't heard of called Marcons, multiply antibiotic-resistant coagulase-negative staphs. And when you take antibiotics frequently, these folks will have a die-off reaction. And a Lyme patient who has that happen to them, which is 80% of the time, might say, I know I had Lyme because I had a die-off reaction. No, you can't do that. The real mm -hmm. issue is if two things can cause one thing to go wrong, you can't conclude one or the other. But, Ray, now that VIP is here and we correct right. genomic abnormalities, we can then look to see what are the other sources of chronic fatiguing illness. And lo and behold, I, I bet you and I are about the same boat. Before the work of Jimmy Ryan, Dr. Jimmy Ryan, we didn't know that it was ribosomal gene function and then nuclear-encoded mitochondrial gene function that underlay all of these chronic fatiguing illnesses. And sure enough, now that we do, we're developing assays. We can look to see what happens if you disrupt protein elongation, that's your ribosomes, and what happens if you disrupt the genes that control mitochondrial function. Over the years, we blame mitochondria themselves for chronic fatigue. No, that's not it. It's the nuclear encoded, the copies of the mitochondrial genome found in ours that make all the difference. So this wow. is the new you era. Know, this is, you know, and, and this is so exciting. And a lot of people, you, this is, is somewhat complicated for our, our listeners. You know, you're listening to our listeners are across the country on Healthy Choices have been always tuning into our station. And we, we dedicated this, just a snippet for our listeners. And we're going to have a whole show dedicated for this on July the 1st. And, and Dr. Shoemaker, we really appreciate you being able to take your time because this, this is what you're talking about is going to change many people's lives. Right, Dr. Shoemaker? It, it, it has. It will continue to add more. The, 
for folks that are going to be turned off by the jargon, and boy, do I have a lot of jargon. I apologize with the bottom of my heart from this. I can't get around it. Take a little time to look at survivingmold.com. There are free links on the homepage to the genomics paper from November 2016, and then three separate NeuroQuan papers. We show we can identify mold, we can show we can correct the mold, and then we show we can correct the nuclear atrophy. These papers are fresh off the publisher's rack, but they are cutting edge, and they're here to help you. And, Ray, you're doing such a super job with this radio show, bringing the, the word out to everybody. I thank you on behalf of my colleagues, the certified physicians of the Surviving Mold website, uh, and my patients as well. Well, we appreciate your yeah, Thank you so much for those kind words. And we're going to be back on July the 1st. Dr. Shoemaker, thanks again, and we'll see you uh, back in a couple weeks. Bright and early. I'll be ready. You're listening again to Healthy Choices from Austin, Texas. And I, we do apologize for being a technical biochemistry lesson on a Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening in many parts of the country. But this is... People that are listeners, or they get used to, sometimes we go off into the deep end. But this is cutting-edge information and education that you can share with your physician or there's physicians that are listening to this. This is Our show is a resource, and we want to educate our, our listeners into some of the, the, the research to really change the course of many people suffering from chronic diseases and the people that anybody that's out there that's suffering from Lyme's disease, that's suffering from mold illnesses, you all know what I'm talking about. You see over 15 physicians a year. You're spending thousands and thousands of dollars bouncing back and forth between practitioners, and everybody says it's sometimes there's nothing that can be done. You have something wrong with you. And this is why we're giving people hope. The physicians at Progressive Medical Centers have very exciting protocols, IV therapies, to be able to uncover some of these biofilms that are covering some of these uh, vector uh, uh, toxins that are being your body gets from from Lyme. So they're giving integrative therapies that are that are really making a difference. Dr. Shoemaker has been able to get some. Ease, be able to understand the gene activation, whether you have a diagnosis of living Lyme's uh, disease, whether you have suffering from mold. These are very concrete diagnostics now. And also with this VIP nasal spray, vasoactive intestinal peptide, it can actually allow the gene atrophy and the gray matter atrophy to reverse itself so they can turn off or turn on the, the genes that are causing the, the degradation of many of these important uh, nerves, people in, in the nerve cell regeneration. So anyway, without getting too technical, we, we think uh, we want people to understand uh, what this is about. We're going to have a, a, an exciting show on July the 1st, and we'll, we'll make it very easy for everybody to understand, talking about mold. Uh, illnesses and also on our website healthychoicesxm.com if please send us your text us any of your questions that you may have during the week or if you're looking for practitioners around the country that are following this philosophy for dealing with Lyme's disease our, our pharmacy PD labs 
out of Austin, Texas, is here to help and be as a resource for anybody who's uh, looking for uh, like-minded professionals or the medications that they talked about in today's show. That's what we're here about. You can always text us during the week at 512-219-0724. And always check out our website, healthychoicesxm.com, for podcasts of our show and also on iTunes. Our shows are always podcast, and you can easily be able to uh, share it with your your family members and, and friends that may, you know maybe that may be suffering from this that uh, you feel that this may be uh, of help, and that's what we're, we're we're here. We've been doing this for over 12 years now, and we're, we think that this is probably one of the most important discoveries that we found because inflammatory chronic inflammatory conditions whatever they may be is can be the root cause of so many chronic diseases as we started out in our show we talked about obesity and inactivity being linked to cancer deaths and this was also inflammatory so Without getting into, we want to see you back on July the 1st, and we'll be back next week for another show of Healthy Choices. All right. I I couldn't hear the end. Did we do okay? Yeah, I had to cut you out. Yeah, it's hard to hear that music because yeah. it's it's uh, you know when you talk, it, it, it for some reason the phones kind of shut the music yeah. down. Yeah, I figured I'd just shut it off. I was just rambling, so that was fine. Um, yeah, it was a great show. It was too technical, but I don't. I gonna have to work on it. I thought it was all right. I mean, yeah, it might have been a little bit, but it was good information. Yeah, it really is. This VIP nasal spray and the things that are, it's just, uh, it's, it's life changing. Absolutely.